Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napson. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we're all here together to cover, discuss, and break down the breaking news from a long time ago. It's our Star Wars news show. Before we get to the news, catch up on life, 
talk to all of you. We're going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from, of course, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, as we say around these parts. As always, we're not done with the A's. That's the Audible. And this is the Ask. Joseph is back in the studio to ask. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to be back with all three of us. It, it makes uh, this ask even more exciting um, <laughs> because we need to refresh our ask. Anyway, we are still asking for people to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash center. Everyone on our Patreon has been so incredibly supportive. It, it is very kind. One of the, the big kind of changes here with Patreon is uh, we have been doing this series called Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast, where we get ready for Dial of Destiny. And we had said initially that those episodes are going to be available exclusively on Patreon until after Dial of Destiny comes out. And then uh, we looked around and said, hey, you know how the uh, the movie discussion space works these days is sometimes there's tons of hype building up to the movie. And then the movie comes out and it's like, piranhas we we say we eat everything we have to say about it in a minute and then there's just nothing but bones left so the hype doesn't last uh, as long after the movie we realized this and we went to our patrons on on patreon and said hey we said we were we're going to release these episodes after dial of destiny but would everybody be okay if we're in like it felt like i could barely finish the sentence and everyone in the patreon was like of course of course of course so uh i bring that up to let people know that those episodes of the perilous podcast are going to be uh released publicly over the next two weeks before dial of destiny but also to me it was just a, a reminder of how great the community on patreon is and if you are interested in becoming part of that community we've got a discord there so people can have a safe fun friendly discussions about star wars uh, our next goal on patreon is to get to 2200 at which level ken and i will do another uh, star wars ranked uh, that we stream live to patrons and get your reactions in the moment as we discuss our ranked that's it that's the ask that's a wonderful ask, and I yeah, echo all the sentiments there. You all have been so wonderful. I, I I think sometimes the three of us can be a little hard on ourselves, where we work real hard, we're proud of the work we do, and then we feel uh, that we're going to let you down if we do something different for a second. <laughs> Just, <laughs> <laughs> and you all have been so supportive, and, and we appreciate it. And, I, and I'm really proud of, of the Perilous Podcast works. Uh, I've been uh, telling some friends, just wait till you hear the Crystal Skull episode. Oh, I'm uh, really excited about that. So uh, there you go. And also soon, uh, the Jedi Beat YouTube edition will hit our YouTube channel. And that uh, was made possible by uh, the fine folks at Patreon. Uh, status check, Jen. How is the B-roll going for that? The B-roll is, is going. I am going through <laughs> so many photos, old, I don't even know, blogs from way back when. And we're finding as many photos as I can to make it exciting and to correlate with the story that I'm trying to tell. So, yeah, it's it's fun. Absolutely. You've got you've got some wonderful stories you've already told and you're just going to make them better. Excited uh, for myself to see them. So uh, that's coming soon on the YouTube channel. Let's get to some Star Wars or life adventures. This is where Star Wars and life meet or sometimes it's just life. Sometimes maybe it's just Star Wars. Uh, Jen, we'll start with you. Uh, Father's Day holiday weekend. Uh, a lot of stuff to get, probably get to. And I'm sure Star Wars was out there. Yes, I'm going to call it Lucasfilm Adventures. Um, <laughs> we went to see Elemental at Universal CityWalk at their AMC. Have you guys ever been there? No. Been a bit, oh. but yes. yes. 
I was amazed. They had seats that like you can recline. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in the movie theater. (laughs) It looked so much leg room. It was insane. My my three-year-old, who we decided to take with us, was doing somersaults off of this chair. Uh, Uh (laughs) Thankfully, she was not the only child there. So it was it was okay. We were hanging in there, but great movie. Highly recommend. Um, but we saw the trailer for Indiana Jones. Mm. And, you know, I had told my husband beforehand, I was like, ah, you know, I definitely want to see Indiana Jones, but we can just wait till it comes out at home, you know, because mm-hmm. we just, it's hard to find a babysitter. And then I saw the trailer <laughs> on the big screen and you hear that music. And after, after the trailer ended, I looked over at my husband and we just nodded like, oh God, we got to see this in the theater. <laughs> so now we're trying to figure out a way to make that happen. But, and, you know, they had the marquee with uh, Harrison Ford as Indy in the uh, lobby area. It just was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he is, he's back. And this will probably be the last time we ever see him as Indy. Maybe, you never know, but <laughs> we, yeah. We thought that in 1989 and 2008. So yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Keep saying it's the last one, but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Oh, it looks so good. So good. <laughs> Well, that is a wonderful adventure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that feeling when you're like, ah, I'll just, oh, no, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Lovely. Uh, well, uh, a quick one for, for me. Uh, speaking of Indiana Jones, I had, I had a wonderful um, opportunity to be Mark Ellis's date to the uh, premiere of Indiana Jones last week. So no spoilers, no uh, nothing from me. Other than it was a, a very fun time and a lot of video out there, a lot of a lot of phones out there taking pictures, myself included. And um, the the luminaries came out. And you had at one point on stage Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy, who I will point out got a big ovation when she came out there hmm. in the wow. theater. Uh, George Lucas, Spielberg, of course, Stephen, a little something to do with Indiana Jones, uh, James Mangold, uh, Harrison Ford, and then the entire cast of, of the movie was there as well. Uh, and and they all gave way to a special surprise concert at John Williams. Uh, it's it's you know fun experience. Honored to be there. Uh, blessed to have uh, a friend and an extra ticket. Um, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's not lost on me when you're staring at the uh, those folks who uh, created so much of. Uh, you know, we say our childhoods, but it goes on. It just still fuels our lives, and and so much. Uh, there's so much depth to be had in these stories. So much joy to be found in these stories. It's great. And and there's also the reality of of time. I, I've saw a lot of people comment on it, and you know, George is is looking a little older and then you have to realize, well, he is older and right. <laughs> that's part of the reality. John Williams uh, working at 90 Harrison, you know, Harrison looks great. I hope I, you know, look, look great, as great as him as his, his age, but it takes a lot of work, I'm sure. Or just, you know, something uh, good to smoke at night. But uh, he, uh, he just, he, he just looks, you know, that reputation of, of Harrison, the grump, which, you know, is maybe partially true, especially maybe at one point in his career. And that 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 R is not true right now. He's up there smiling. He was moved when John Williams came out. Uh, again, he was he was uh, joking with the crowd. Uh, I just love seeing it. I I, I think there's something of by Force Awakens ushered in to me this this era of of Harrison looking back at his work, engaging with the work again, appearing in the work again, and having fun. And as a longtime fan, that was a big thrill to see. Hmm. Huh, these are all great thoughts. I mean, I think I think some of the grumpy Harrison Ford, like he's leaned into it for fun. There's almost like a twinkle mm-hmm. in his eye. Like when you see a headline when he's like, uh, I don't know what the bleep a kyber crystal is or whatever. You know, it's it's when people are asking him and I think he knows and like, OK, I'll give you I'll give you your candy. You want me to be grumpy? I'll be grumpy. Yeah. But where it really matters that like 
he, he did all these genre things early in his career with the hopes that he could also do all sorts of different kinds of acting. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just kind of a beautiful life arc that he got to do all sorts of different kinds of acting. He had his pick of the kind of roles he wanted. Mm-hmm. And now he can look back at the totality of his career and really embrace some of the the roles that he was maybe grumpy about. He was never that grumpy about Indiana, but certainly, mm-hmm. you know, Han Solo and, and you know, the yeah. whole genre experience. Yeah. Yeah. So... I agree with that. Uh, and, and just fun to see and, uh, you know, fun to again, be around them fans of stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I like when th- people like stuff and uh shout out, I got to uh, see and hug and hang out for a brief moment with Gus from Try to the Force and, and Nikki from the Imperial Center podcast. And you can see all those faces and um, John Hoey and uh, James Blenny of uh, Resistance Broadcast getting to experience their first uh, premiere. And you, you see the wonderful uh, stars in their eyes and it's a fun experience. And, um, uh, just, uh, I like experiencing joy around these mm-hmm. things because the internet has a way of taking away the joy <laughs> uh, today. Uh, Joseph, we bring you in here. Of course, you, you had to step aside last week, uh, uh, address what you want and will, but I'm glad <laughs> to have you back here today. Yeah, no, very, very glad to be back here. And I was, uh, thank you both, uh, for jumping on at literally the last minute. We were recording at, uh, 10 a.m. And I believe I emailed you at 9.55 both and said, Hey, <laughs> could you do the new show without me? Which I knew you could. And is a fascinating bit of Four Center trivia. Ken and I obviously record, uh, episodes together. I think there's a couple of Comic Cons, uh, where Ken, you were busy, so Jennifer and I recorded together. So right. this was the final combination to have an episode where it was just right. the two of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and and you know it's funny that the, the sub trivia is uh, I've mentioned before, but uh, there was a, there was a plan in action of of, of I was going to offer Jenna, Jennifer Landa to come take over for Mod Garrett on Jedi Alliance. Would would have been wow. Jennifer holding down the show. Oh and you know, as I've told the story before, Jen uh, waddled into the studio. <laughs> and I looked, it's accurate. I looked at Phil's feet tech and I went, yeah, I don't, I don't think now's the time to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, it finally happened years later, years later. But anyway, yes. uh, it was our honor to help out and, and uh, pinch in there. Good, mm-hmm. good. And I hope you had, I hope you both had a, a good time doing it. I appreciate you doing it. Um, yes, for, for Life Adventures, it's been a very busy time, uh, since, uh, last, uh, recorded. Um, we shot the, the short film that, uh, people were very generous to support on Kickstarter. Uh, Ken was an actor in that and he did a great job. Uh, some very, very funny stuff and some very scary stuff. I felt bad. Yeah. Mm. Real scary. I felt bad. I was like, that's good. It's it's awful that I asked you to do that, but that's real good. Uh, <laughs> good job upsetting me. That's what I asked you to do. Uh, I, won't, I won't spoil anything, but I can't wait till we do a, a director's commentary track. There was one of these things in the back of my head. I went, God, I hope he cuts. He has yells cut soon. I hope he yells cut soon. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it is an amazing thing when you, you want, you're in the moment of, does this work for the film? But then you also always have to be a human and be like, but how's that feeling for the actor? Cause maybe we should cut soon. Uh, and we'll, we'll have a fun conversation about whether I let it go too long. Uh, yeah, we recorded in Van Nuys and I've been meaning to in, in a studio warehouse in Van Nuys. And I uh, can't wait to look up how close we were to the beginnings of uh, ILM. Uh, mm. Cause I think we're in the general neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was that was a wonderful time. And then the reason that uh, I couldn't record, um, if people follow me on social media, they probably heard the news that my father-in-law passed away. Uh, and that was the morning that we recorded. 
Um, we knew that it was coming, uh, but really only for a short time. Uh, he had been diagnosed with cancer in October and had a, a, a stroke, but he was recovering from both of them. And is mm-hmm. is a very obviously Star Wars is has a lot to say about um, our, our connections to uh, to mentors and parents and generational change and, and coping uh, with with loss. So a lot of that helped me through but it was um i was thinking about hope because and here here we're kind of half joking about yeah harrison ford is 80 and he said he wasn't going to do another one but he he might get a a a b in his fedora when he's 82 uh you know Mm -hmm. that's hope uh my my father-in-law had massive massive amounts of of willpower um Mm -hmm. and and he was recovering so well we had a huge uh disneyland trip and no one would ever know he was sick um in January. Uh, and then, um, he was recovering very well from the stroke. Um, but complications of the cancer, uh, advanced in, in, we had about two and a half, three weeks where, where we knew to expect it, but it was still a shock. Um, and, uh, Star Wars helped me a lot. You know, this is, this is the kind of thing we talk about where, where, you know, we can make jokes about the laser swords and why didn't they like change Luke Skywalker's name when he was in hiding and have fun with the silly parts of star Wars. But uh, I think the three of us are always very invested in the fact that there are big ideas in star Wars and the way that star Wars embraces the grief of loss and doesn't hide from it, but Mm. tries to find uh, peace and, and purpose in it. Mm. Um, Yoda's line for a, a million things uh, that is the way of the things that is the way of the force just that sort of that calm wise acceptance of this is reality it simply is and mm. we need to wrestle with what is it is difficult as that is those ideas uh, always really help me and I have to say the other thing that helped me when I when I posted about it um, on social media just uh, so many four center uh, listeners, viewers uh, responded so kindly. And it was yet another reminder that I think we've uh, built uh, a really, really uh, good community. And I really felt the support and really appreciated it. So that, that's, that, that was uh, my main adventure of the week. Um, mm-hmm. This Sunday, obviously it was father's day and you know, we, we tried to handle that. Um, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be hard, for my wife and we took her time and we processed, uh, but I also wanted to have an actual star Wars adventure. So I did buy the new return of the Jedi, uh, Darth Vader <laughs> action figure, <laughs> <laughs> which is, just seemed like the appropriate, uh, father's day gift. It's the one with his, you know, his helmet off and his hand yeah. off. It's weird. It's weird, but it, it still is, uh, uh, Vader as, as father. So I, I bought that for my, my star Wars, my actual literal concrete star Wars adventure of the week. Hmm. Uh, that's great and, and and deep stuff and yeah you said some wonderful words uh, to pay tribute to your your father-in-law as did Sarah as well on social media so uh, uh, you know that's ha- part of the process part of the recovery and I agree that these big ideas uh, find find us when we need them and uh, yeah that's happy to discuss this more than uh, arms folded but we're going to discuss some folded arms <laughs> I love I love the power and purpose of, of Star Wars and, and all these things and all these genre stories that. Uh, we're happy Harrison's back to enjoy with that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, th- thanks again and, uh, and happy to move on to the news. 
Well, let's do that. Let's move on to the news. Indeed, uh, a little bit of a slower, quieter um, uh, news week, which, you know, the focus is on Indiana. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, uh, we will uh, can't wait uh, for you all to see it. We can break it down on Perilous Podcast. But let's get to some Star Wars news. I call this the slow drip of Ahsoka picks, and it's continuing. Total Film via Games Radar and a lot of pop-up ads released an exclusive photo of the upcoming Ahsoka series. Featuring an arms-folded Ahsoka speaking with Hera via hologram. Hera on the hologram there with Professor Huang in the background. So we're going to get into this photo a little bit here. Going to get some of the uh, kerfluffle around it. But before we get to that, we've got to find the joy. There's a lot of joy here. I want to focus first on this. Uh, what does the October 2012 version of yourself think of this information, Jen? Uh, Hera, hologram, Ahsoka. A Professor Huang droid from the Clone Wars you kind of remembered. Where's your mind go? If I'm being honest, I probably would be a little bit resistant to it. I love because, that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was so tied to uh, Ashley Eckstein as the voice of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the, uh, the Clone Wars was around, and I really thought, boy, if they ever do live action, she's, of course she's going to do it. I mean, she's an actress. Like, you know, uh, n- not just a voice actress, but also she's been on lots of TV shows and things like that. So I I love Rosario Dawson. I would have been a little bit conflicted, as I think I was initially when this was announced. I was like, I was torn, right, between my allegiance to Ashley and also my um, admiration for Rosario. Um, but I'm sure they would have done what they've done now, which is like show that they are um, – you know, that they're they're friendly with each other. They support each other. There's lots of photos of the two actresses together. And so I think eventually I would have come around like mm-hmm. I have now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's an honest take. And yeah, I, I, I you know, and I hadn't really factored that in. I think there might have been a little bit of that for me too, or it would have been like, what, what is this? What are we, what am I staring at? We're going to do this in... In a show version, so that also helps me understand some of the angst that can maybe spring up around these characters making the jump. We're going to talk about that more there. Um, But also, I think if the information had come to me that this isn't a movie, Mm. that this is a live-action TV show of sorts, uh, um, streaming was uh, something we definitely were hearing about back then. For me, the WWE Network was the first one I I invested in, $9.99 a month. I remember those days, but I would have... um, I would that would have blown my mind, and and, and it would have you know 2012 uh, when the sale happens, it's not that far back that you're you you'd, you'd see those quotes from Rick McCallum saying wow, we got 50 scripts and uh, a live action Star Wars show ready to go. It's just it's can't we can't afford it. It's too expensive to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been like oh we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna get there and um, I had um, by by this point was uh, had, had come around on Ahsoka I was part of the early uh, uh, Snips crowd uh, unfortunately <laughs> but that was also part of the character's journey and I would have um, absolutely been intrigued but yeah I, yeah, there could have been some confusion as well I think that's a great point to bring up um, but overall just confused at the Star Wars overload in front of me Joseph <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, there's October 2012 me and then like the world of difference two years later after I've actually watched all of the Clone Wars by like October 2014. Um, But I think uh, for both of them, my reaction probably would have been the same of just like, 
is is this real? Is this is this fan fiction? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and that can kind of have a loaded, uh, you know, mm-hmm. reaction. And and I don't mean it that way. It just seems so impossible from what we thought of as the difference between live action and in animation. Mm-hmm. One, I would have just been like, oh, cool, ah- Ahsoka all grown up, because I wasn't really bothered by Ahsoka or even the Snips thing. Mm-hmm. The stuff I reacted poorly to when I first saw the Clone Wars film was just feeling like we just finished this story with Anakin going dark. Why are we going back? And then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the the surface stuff with uh, didn't understand what was going on with Zero the Hutt's voice at all. Um, yeah, you're just still fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand. Oh, it's an Im- impression of yeah. Truman Capote. Yeah. Okay, without knowing that, it sounds like other upsetting things. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. but, I, I, but it, so I was never like super anti-Ahsoka. So I would have been like, I think in a way I would have been like, oh, the the snappy snippy teenager mm. all grown up and looking kind of shadowy and broody i would have been like cool yeah. um but i think the main thing that i would have reacted to is this this i think reality that the success of animation in star wars and characters um and fans connection to characters has sort of backdoored aliens into being main characters in live action Mm. and there was always a resistance to that from lots of people of like okay it's one thing if you got you know gorgeous uh you know harrison ford and and carrie fisher and mark hamill and and they can talk to the person with the weird crap on their head (laughs) Mm. Mm. but even for space fantasy that's a bridge too far to have two main characters with <laughs> with weird crap on their head um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying that from an october 2012 version now we all have very strong opinions about leku and montrol and what's the difference between montrols and leku is montrol just the top and the head tails are like anyway um but that that would have been a, a leap in, in back in October 2012 or even October mm-hmm. 2014 that i think it's only because of the huge runaway popularity of these characters that there's so many aliens as main characters. Mm. That's a great point. And, and one of the things to celebrate of Ahsoka is, is this uh, aliens in the lead, so to speak. Uh, and, and uh, it's a, it's a very female forward, female led uh, show as well, to be clear. But uh, uh, I, yeah, we, especially it's not a shot at Andor, but coming off an Andor, at Andor, we're doing free. We're about it for, for <laughs> uh, non-humans. Um that's a general comment, I know. But yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point to go back there. The success uh, of Clone Wars pushing that forward. I love that take. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Professor Yang, you know, knowing that was the 10th Doctor. I, I Well, I guess I'd feel exactly the same as now. Very excited. <laughs> yeah. I, I, obviously, I chose October 2012, uh, roughly around the time of the sale. The mm-hmm. sale. Capital T, capital S. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's I still I, I I forget that too. The your journey of the Clone Wars um, picks up a little bit later, and 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 a lesson that there's um, there's always new characters to fall in love with, uh, uh, even if they've already existed. You can see them again for the first time or get to know them. And the good professor is one of those for you, and many I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm excited to see all these Rebels characters. But you know, uh, I, if there was a Ahsoka premiere, I'd I'd be the weirdo with a you know Yang T-shirt. <laughs> Maybe there's still a chance. Uh, Star Wars Twitter was a flutter over the way Rosaria was crossing her arms. And and last week, Jen and I discussed uh, it was Hera's eyes. And soon it will be the voice tweaks of Lars Mikkelsen, who has already said, yeah, uh, I've had to switch the voice a little bit. It's different when you're in a booth. 
versus mm. on set. That's a paraphrase of his quote as well. Now, uh, we're going to start in here. Uh, uh, we, like I said, we weighed in a little bit about this last week, but Joseph wasn't here. So let me get some of that takes. Uh, you know, and I start with this. Is this just now going to be part of the discourse cycle as more characters move into live action? Uh, but Jen, I'll start with you on uh, the arms. Uh, too too many folds, not enough folds, not right, not accurate. What, what's going on? I thought this was like a, I thought it was a joke. It's almost to the point where it's like, it's just, it's so funny to me that every little detail gets scrutinized to the point where they're like, she's folding her arms too much. Is that all she's doing in the show? I'm like, well, obviously, you know, we know that if, if there was like an action still, people would be picking apart that too. I, I So yeah. I think it reminds me of my now eight-year-old. She is very much like if you deviate from anything, the way that she has in her mind or the way that she knows something to be, she really gets upset. And that is, that is something with her. And I think that there might be some people like that. I know that I have some difficulty with change, but I think people get so tied to the source material that any deviation from that seems wrong. Mm. Um, and I think mm. we have to think of it like this, is, there's going to be a lot of variations like Mars, Lars Mickelson said, which I actually look forward to. Um, mm. And we just are going to have to, be open to this change. And yes, we love Ahsoka. We know where she came from, but now we are going to approach this in a new way. And, and we just have to have open hearts and open minds <laughs> and know that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of differences. But at the same time, one last thing I'll say is that Rosario Dawson spent hours, she said, watching mm. Ahsoka's mannerisms to get her physical, her physicality right. So it's not like she's taking, there might be some liberties, but she's really trying to adhere to what came before her. Yeah. And, and inhabiting the role within that. Right. And, and yeah. we want, we want the actors um, to, you know, have their own takes their own, their own, um, you know, approach to it. Uh, I, this is the, the Alden uh, Ehrenreich debate, which I, I witnessed that again at the mm. indie premiere and, and bowed out of the conversation, buried my, my face in a bowl of uh, popcorn, lest I start screaming at people. It, it, it you know, you, you don't want an impersonation, but at the same time, I want the actors to get credit for what they've done that, you know, there's so much, you know, one of the things to be uh, an actor, and this is, I, I was reminded, uh, you know, I, I appreciate Joseph's words of, of me doing good for his film, but there's moments where like, it isn't just the words, it's the muscle memory of the scene beyond just mm -hmm. hitting the marks, but lights, right. camera, is your shoulder slightly turned to the camera to expose your face and about all those kind of things. It's, it's a muscle memory thing as well. It, it's, it's, it's a, almost an athletic skill to me. And mm -hmm. to watch someone like Alden, uh, Aaron, like, you know, there's that one shot that I'm like, he looks like Indiana Jones and Hansel. He looks like Harrison Ford because of the way his hands are on his hips. I, I've obviously been studying a lot of Indiana Jones, uh, young Indiana Jones Chronicles interview with Sean Patrick Flannery saying, oh, yeah, I, I watched those movies 30 to 40 times to make sure I could get how and the why he acknowledges the difference of when Harrison would put the hat on as Indy and how he'd wear it around a, a, maybe a woman he was trying to impress or if he's in action. And then they, you know, this clip, uh, it's a behind the scenes clip, and they, they do a, like a supercut of, of Sean Patrick Flannery putting on the fedora. He mm. nails it. He mm. nails it. He also it does his own version of the character. He's not doing a Harrison impersonation, but it's the mechanics of it there. And so for her, you know, I just know she studied it. And if you watch particularly the book of Boba Fett, I think she's just nailing Ahsoka in terms of how she'd step, look, 
look back, speak, and and the rest is her. And 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 I, I think um, without getting too negative again, like we were last week, Jen, it's just it's a <laughs> kerfuffle that it's uh, it's hard for me to not roll my eyes at. But at the same time, I want to be respectful of the passion because I do get it as well. <laughs> I, you know. Cad mm-hmm. Bane's hat's a little smaller. I get it, but it's the realities of uh, physical production as well. Joseph, you directed me in a muscle memory scene. How do you? <laughs> I think your, your muscles did great. No. Um, yeah, no, but I, I, I know I, I know what you mean of really wanting to have respect for the actor's craft um, and, mm-hmm. and that the amount of work they put into it, and I think it can be. Yeah, I'm trying to find the right word, so I'll break it up into into kind of what you said, Ken. Of mm-hmm. I really understand people being possessive about characters and yeah. moments and details that they care about. I really do understand that. Um, there are things that you know in continuations of stories. Sometimes when when a, a little detail uh, gets dropped or you, they don't uh, don't mm-hmm. follow up on it and that kind of thing, like I, that that can stick in my craw. So I do understand it. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is a line that you cross. And I think I, I haven't seen any of these social media posts, but if there's someone out there literally saying, is this all she does? She crosses her arms too much based on stills mm-hmm. that that's just disingenuous. We all know <laughs> that there are many frames in the final uh, Ahsoka <laughs> show and mm-hmm. that we should wait for judgment on does she cross her arms? Mm-hmm. I think. I think the hard thing about this is there are, there are people out there on social media where the characters mean the world to them and they're maybe being a little sensitive and I want to be sensitive to that. Did Ahsoka help you grow mm-hmm. up? Did she help you get through your day? Then I want to be sensitive to your strong opinions. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are just, they have snark in them and they're looking for a target and it's just disingenuous. And yeah. and it's hard on social media when you're looking through to, to know people's soul and, and pick out which is which. But for me, as a criticism, does all she do is fold her arms? That's just snark looking for a target, in my opinion. Because uh, yeah. wait until the show comes out. Um, yeah. the, the other thing about it for me, it, it, and I think it, it really tracks with uh, certainly Ahsoka, uh, Hera, definitely Alden Ehrenreich uh, as Han Solo, is the goal is to interpret the soul of the character. Mm. How does that get translated into body language? But the big thing is, it's not one-to-one. Alden Ehrenreich isn't trying to play Han in between Star Wars and Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosario Dawson isn't trying right now to play Ahsoka in between seasons of the Clone Wars. She is playing Ahsoka, and we want to see the Ahsoka we know, but it's also Ahsoka at an di- entirely different time in her life. Right. Yeah. And if it plays out the way we think, a bunch of different times. I think we've seen her in Mandalorian being... Uh, upset and in book of boba fett being in a slightly more clear place and that some of her hand gestures are just exactly from the animated show so i think that i want to have respect for what they're trying to do and what they're succeeding at doing which is both interpret the character and take them into a different timeline Mm -hmm. and then and then for this on top of it there's there's the animation um aspect of it and filoni has been so crystal clear in every behind the scenes things uh from from the dark saber to cad bane it, it's not difficult to find he has said multiple times that he feels like animation is stylized that's mm-hmm. not 
actually what Christopher Lee's face looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which is the, you know, the comedy example everybody gives. But yeah, also, you know, Obi-Wan couldn't, you know, cut open a package of hot dogs with his beard. It doesn't come to that Mm -hmm. sharp of a point in real life. It's stylized. And Filoni's been clear again and again that, yes, there's going to be some differences because we're translating them into live action. I think even Zeb's delivery in The Mandalorian was was toned down from oh, the kind yeah. of much larger comedy, like especially those early episodes of Rebels where he and yeah. Ezra are like fighting around this, this ship and he's he's borderline Fred Flintstone. Ooh, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, so I feel like for me with the, the fan criticism and the sensitivity, I get wanting the characters to, to be yeah. what you recognize and what you want them to be. But at the same time, Filoni, the person who cares deeply about these characters, has told you crystal clear multiple times that his goal is to translate them into a different medium. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's on us as fans to, to listen to that. And we can still not like it, but don't be surprised every time because yeah. he's, he's told you. He's, indeed. And I bet, I bet uh, during the, the Mando uh, season two episode where, where he knew they were going to have to shorten uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Montreal's, he probably was up all night for seven straight days. Well, <laughs> right. What am I going to do? But the reality of it. And Jen, to kick it back to you here, you, you're someone who has um, long studied the creatures of Star Wars. It's one of your favorite things. You've done content about it. Uh, um, it's some of it for me too, because I understand, like especially early man, Mando season one and two. I think it's getting better and better. But like Trench Dosens, Ithorians, you know, when you see them in live action. It always is a little different to me. I get some of the initial kind of like, I don't know, it looks like an actor in makeup. Yeah, that's because, you know, uh, uh, you, you can't go to Ryloth and actually uh, pull, <laughs> pull, them, um, uh, pull, pull them over there. So anyways, I, I, it's going to look a little different. But also uh, my question to you, Jen, is like, isn't it fair to say that, you know, George didn't have to take a Bosque around and actually put him in it. He just had to stand in there. Right. I, to me, I'm always amazed but by what they do. Like with the with the Athorian mayor from Book of Boba Fett, how they pulled that off. Mm. Looks so, I mean, you go back to the original Hammerhead, Moma Nadon from A New Hope, and you see how that puppet was operated and how mm. they they still made that look cool. I just, I'm always in a sense of, of wonder about what these artisans and, and cra- the craftsmanship that's put into whether it's you know latex makeup or prosthetics applied mm-hmm. to the face or it I, I just I have so much respect uh, because I know how much time and thought gets put into it the discussions that are probably had about you know the way that that nose is going to look um, and then actually then putting it on the actor, having the actor embody it. And that's the biggest thing, like with Alden Ehrenreich, especially, you know, we want the essence of the character. Mm. Yes, they could have had somebody that was uh, an impressionist, right? Mm. Who can nail that voice. So it sounds almost pitch perfect to Harrison's. But are they going to be able to embody the essence of Han Solo that we know, the spirit of the character? And I think that that's always the challenge when casting these well-known characters. Mm. And I think that that's what Rosario Dawson is doing beautifully. She's marrying that technical aspect of the movements and the physicality with her brilliance as an actor. That is, that is tough. I mean, that's why biopics are so difficult to nail as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Star Wars biopic. (laughs) Well, well said indeed. You know, I actually appreciate Lars. 
unintentionally from a certain point of view, getting ahead of it, of going, yeah, no, the mm. voice is going to be different because you try walking around set and with them. He called it like melodic, almost like a Thrawn's voice as, as this, not a happy poppy sing song to it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just hard to translate to it to the set. And I'm excited to see his take on it and maybe it'll help. Yeah, evil Paul McCartney, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Trandoshan thing is such a great example because that's you know I didn't I didn't take to social media and and uh, vent about it, but mm-hmm. I love Bosk in the the Trandoshans in the first season of Mandalorian. It's like eh, they must be they must be from a different part of Trandoshan. They must be from the the southern hemisphere or something because uh, yeah. they weren't quite there, but they got there. They did get there. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. And look, I even, um, I've had some conversations around uh, Bo-Katan. When Bo-Katan shows up, oh. I think Katie, Katie does a great job of of speaking like her version of Bo-Katan. And it creates for some, I think, this person, like some awkward kind of beats and, and rhythms in live action. Not bad. It's just, it, 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 it reminds me, oh yeah, this is an animated character and you got to take it out of the booth. And I think she's doing this wonderful job with it, um, especially the way she sits in Thrones. But, um, you know, it, it, it to, to those who did not know the origins of the character. It did seem a little weird. Uh, I had a couple of conversations, so it's a weird thing. Um, but happy to see it. Happy to see this transition from uh, animation, live action, and then live action back to animation. I hope we see these characters in, in, in more animated programming down the line. Mm-hmm. Fun. So part of this uh, article uh, came out, if we can call it an article, this pic- picture reveal. Uh, by the way, I want to, ha- this is an, uh, I was, I think it's a Monday morning. I couldn't remember Twi'lek and I almost said Rylothians. And now I'm wondering why there's my lockets. Sorry. needs to catch up. Uh, Rosario had a lot of nice words to say about Dave Filoni, as she has said before, but she really went in with some very big quotes about working with Dave, and she definitely wants to keep exploring the character of Ahsoka. That just got me thinking, and, and feel free to mention any things she said about Dave if you want. Uh, but what do we think about Ahsoka's place in this ever-growing New Republic era? Because I think this New Republic era with Filoni's film... The Thrawn factor. I think it's growing rapidly in my mind. Um, <laughs> one of those, we're not in the meetings, no scoops here, but just like, you know, I think five years ago, this wasn't in the plans at all. Uh, and, and now we do have it uh, planned or, or, or coming because uh, the show, these shows have, have created these possibilities. So, uh, Jen, uh, from snips to now, we got a lot of Ahsoka coming here, whether we get a, another series or not. What do you think? It's interesting because in a couple interviews, Rosario Dawson has really been pitching for a second season, uh, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, we would love a second season. I, we haven't even seen the first yet. Uh, but because of Dave Filoni's schedule, uh, which we're thinking that his movie might be the December 2025 release, maybe that's kind of floating around. Who knows? I think it might be a couple years before we get a second season. Uh, I just think that there, we're going to be seeing Ahsoka again. Certainly, I think in that movie, I think we might even get more of her stories in the books, comics, mm. right? In that era. So, um, and I think that they're going to make her arc in this show and the Ahsoka show happen so that by the time that we see her in the newer public movie, she's going to have like this major leadership role. She'll have come around to trusting people again, trusting organizations again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I think I can't wait to see what they explore with the with the show first. Mm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, the, the right, like, uh, I love Rosario campaigning for more work. I would too, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you're in the Star Wars galaxy. I wouldn't want to leave it, but yeah, I, I, yeah, there's just, it's, it's a big, um, 
you know, the big three question of, of Han, Luke, and Leia, what's their involvement, uh, recastings, all that kind of stuff. We, oh, we've had yeah. those discussions and will again, but uh, I kind of, I was never resistant to this uh, idea because, again, I, I really, Ahsoka became one of my favorite characters. I, I love this stuff with her. I think I might have had some resistance to, to her stepping into sort of a, a leadership, um, not not leadership in terms of the character, but maybe just kind of one of the leads in this era. Um, mm. Just be like, but, but what about Luke? What about Han? My, my 1991 can would have come out. <laughs> I'm excited about this because you have... Um, I don't know. I'm just excited to see her at the center of this going forward, no matter what happens. And as she searches for, by the way, the, the, the pitch on StarWars.com on one of the slides right now is the Ahsoka series comes October 23rd. And it's about, uh, you know, I think the line is Ahsoka investigates a growing threat. It's so funny to see that because it's not Ahsoka looks for Ezra, right? Which we know mm-hmm. is, super, but Ahsoka looks for uh, an emerging threat. So that's big. She's going to find that threat, I do believe. And, and I'm looking forward to see, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's great to have her uh, connect the arrows, as David talked about. Anyways, uh, I'm rambling through that, Joseph. <laughs> think about Ahsoka right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited to see kind of the the shape of this show of how much it it covers. I do trust that it will be a full meal onto itself. But mm-hmm. I think with everything that's been said from Rosario Dawson to stuff that was said at Star Wars Celebration, that there's room for a second Ahsoka series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that maybe it's maybe it's going to be set in such a way that if you didn't see Ahsoka again until whatever her role is in in Filoni's New Republic film, mm. that you'd be fine. But you could do a second season, yeah. and it kind of makes sense to me that Rosario Dawson uh, got this role partially by tweeting about it. Right? People mm-hmm. uh, were mm-hmm. fan casting her, and she was like, "Yeah, that's great." <laughs> uh, <laughs> And she is an experienced actor who has been around for a long time and has watched uh, Hollywood change and evolve. And executives do care about social media presence and about audience, you know, connection with an actor. So it also just seems savvy to me of like somebody who who landed this amazing role, who's enjoying it by tweeting about it, at least partially. Mm. Might as well just say like, hey, in this day and age, we're our we're our publicists. Mm you know, we're our own publicists up to a point. So I'm just going to put my foot to the pedal and say, I want this. I want to keep playing this character Mm -hmm. and why not? So there's that just sort of logistic side of it uh, to me. And then there's just this, this big question of what is, what's the shape of Ahsoka's journey in Filoni's mind, Mm -hmm. how much of it lands in, in a new Republic film. And, uh, and then also, you know, obviously the writer's strike, but even before that, we're still waiting for studios to decide what makes a streaming show successful in their eyes. What do they want that they can go tell their, you know, board uh, that they can go tell, you know, all all the, all the investors Mm -hmm. Uh, because there has been that sort of like, yeah, if if the first season goes great, you know, maybe we'll look at another. (laughs) And we we used to know what that was, you know, viewership and ad dollars. And, uh, we're kind of waiting like okay by good what do you mean because you won't even share your numbers uh we got a bunch of weird analytics that measure how many times people tweeted about it what do you what do you want <laughs> yeah um, God, yeah. yeah look so, at willow what happened right right oh. yeah yeah and, and against what you know is it mm-hmm. is it you know who whose residuals are too expensive or whatever so mm. my mind is on some of that practical stuff for the actual ahsoka's arc uh one of the things that i'm really interested in is in book of boba fett she does seem more at peace i think she's gone through some stuff that we're gonna see 
but in terms of her own journey as a Jedi and, and Jen, what you were saying about organizations, I, I think it would be really cool if she was sort of worried about the legacy of the Jedi. And is that a responsibility I need to worry about? And like mm. Anakin Padme's kid has got it. <laughs> He's got the legacy taken care of. Now I can just be a wandering helper. Mm-hmm. And that's really yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Especially seeing, uh, you know, knowing Mon Mothma's uh, on the way in the show, at least for, you know, at least one scene. Uh, seeing her in, interacting with these big organizations uh, like the New Republic government and maybe Luke's emerging Jedi Order. And, 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 you know, almost as if she's like, you know what? I don't need full-time work anymore. I'm a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell you what's going on. Uh, I like that. And just, yeah, freeing her up to um, to find her place in that even more going forward. Like you said, the wonder of it there. So great stuff, yeah. Jen. Any other? Oh, sorry. I, I maybe cut you off. Sorry. No, no, I just, I just think you've got a great title of, for the second season of a, a Ahsoka, Consultant of the Force. Consultant. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> love it indeed. Well, uh, that's our, our look at the, the arms folded photo that uh, caused all the kerfluff. In truth, there's been worse Star Wars uh, drama out there. Just something that uh, came across my desk and we want to discuss it here. We got some more news on the way, but before we do that, we're going to take a, a moment to have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Uh, Joseph Dealer's Choice. You can go with this one or another one here. What do you got? I'm going with Path of Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland. It is now 87 years old, uh, but it is the beginning, I understand, of phase two of the High Republic. And uh, I have got caught up a little bit on my reading, so I might be close to being able to dive into this one, Ken. Mm, uh, Me as well. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, We uh, will be taking a look at Phase 2 eventually, but download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. Other side, more news here on Center. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Four Center. I'm Ken, that's Jen, that's Joseph, and we are here in the virtual studio discussing Star Wars news and looking out there at the headlines. This one caught my eye, even though I do think it's um, kind of a bit of a rehash, but this is uh, what's going to happen because with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny galloping into theaters soon, James Mangold is definitely getting, quote, those Star Wars questions. And speaking with io9, Mangold said this about his Star Wars story. For me, it's about I want to be part of the saga, but also don't want to be uh, beholden to so much lore in the air that you can hardly tell a story. What I really wanted to do, what I told her, her being Kathleen Kennedy, uh, was just, uh, can we make a, kind of a the Ten Commandments of the Force, you know, kind of origin story of how the Force came to be known, understood, wielded, and harnessed. So, like I said, the term biblical epic has been at the center of this project since announced, because I think Mangold said that on stage or some version of that at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, but he keeps coming back to this idea of the Jedi and others figuring out what to do with the Force. That's something that's kind of intriguing. Uh, Jen, uh, what's your excitement level with that? And and uh, when you hear the sub-question is, when you keep hearing Mangold talk about it, it it's, it's a long way off this film, uh, but uh, are you more intrigued? I am really intrigued, and I'm but I was surprised now he's not backtracking, but he's like, oh, yeah, it's it's impossible to know when this is going to be in the works. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be a while before this comes out. Um, so this was actually the first interview with him where I actually understood what they meant when they were saying like the Ten Commandments. I don't know. Maybe it's just because mm-hmm. I've had a little bit more sleep, but I, <laughs> I get it. And I really, really like it. But at the same time, going back to people being sensitive to this kind of stuff, and myself, I am a very sensitive person. And I want I want to hear George Lucas's take mm. on this. Mm. It's hard for me, if we're going back to the beginning, the origins, where it all's going to start, to mm. not have George Lucas's ideas involved. Mm. Can they use maybe some of his notes? Can he 
be a consultant on this film. Can maybe Dave Filoni says he's the closest thing that we have, right? <laughs> uh, I I just feel like this is such a monumental task that he has to kind of set up the entire Star Wars saga. And maybe I'm thinking about it so literally. Maybe that's my problem. Mm. Uh, but I just feel like this. I know he's saying he's talking about freedom. I actually, well, we'll talk about this more. But I actually mm-hmm. think it's it's boxing him in more because I. I want to know what George thinks. Get George on the phone. Yeah, no, I think uh, there's some great thoughts there we can uh, expand on here in a second. I I really understand what you're saying there. Um, And, you know, hey, he was standing like two over from George at the premiere on the on stage. Maybe he just reached over and uh, said, hey, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, Who knows? Maybe maybe it can happen. I hope Lucas passed him a little note. Uh, so yeah, I agree with all that there. And yeah, the biblical epic thing makes a lot of sense, but I think I really like the specific 10 commandments of it all of this (laughs) idea of like, Hey, it's this thing we know it's out there, but we're learning about it. And here's the rules with it. And the coming to, you know, maybe getting to see the the Jedi order showing their work in the margins of their, uh, test page. Uh, that's, that's, I'm there for that. And, and how I, don't need it to necessarily be, all right, so we're going to call ourselves Jedi and we're going to wear this. You know, I don't need the nuts and bolts. We talked about the tech in a previous uh, Q's episode. Uh, I do want to see maybe some of the tech changing uh, uh, as as the story goes or, or looking a little different than what we know it. I could live with that. It would be kind of fun. But, yeah, I, I, I get what he's saying. If now we're coming down the mountain and we got to figure out what to do with this. Joseph, that's uh, potentially pretty powerful. Yeah, I think that there's – the the film is in the early part of the development. It's a concept, mm-hmm. and it sounds like he's he's got some definitely got some story ideas. But you know it, things can can change, and as we know with the release schedule and with the writer strike, and it, it's a time of we don't know mm-hmm. exactly when these films are going to come out or what order they're in. Um, so I, I think there's a lot left to be fleshed out. But it is it is interesting that they announced this as being in the dawn of the Jedi era, trying to define the eras of storytelling yeah. that this doesn't necessarily need to be the story of the Jedi because what he's describing right now is more an understanding of the force that maybe that leads to the Jedi. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is even a sort of proto Jedi group um, mm. even before the Jedi, which would, you know, free him from, from Canon of this all has to happen on Octo. And, you know, mm. the, <laughs> we, we need the prime Jedi as the main character, you know, that, right. that kind of stuff. Um, I think the things that I continue to be uh, excited about is it, it sounds to me like this is going to m- maybe move differently and have a different time span than mm-hmm. Star Wars films that we're used to. Uh, when he says uh, how the Force came to be known, understood, wielded, and harnessed, that doesn't sound like three people having an adventure in two weeks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> A whiz bang philosophical discussion. Yeah, it sounds like an epic where you might yes. follow someone from their youngest days to their oldest, wisest days. And, you know, you know. I'm laughing because, yeah, I was thinking of we got like a fresh faced Jedi by the end. It's a beard down to their knees type of feeling, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would love it. I think conceptually what's what's really powerful to me about it is it it really marries the fantasy the the fun space fantasy and the philosophical depth of star wars you you have to deal with right. both of them and and to me that might be some of the the question of why some someone feels the need to say i have meditated i have gone to i i now understand this as best as anyone can and i feel like this is what uh this this 
other this energy field means to all of us and how we should act on it uh that implies both action and philosophy and in particular for actual conflict i feel like if it is about the discovery of of a group of people acknowledging that this this force is real that there's there are those who are going to see it as a natural part of reality to be studied and respected and protected and there are others who are just going to see it as a power to be used Mm. and that doesn't even necessarily need to go to like jedi and sith immediately but it's almost more like a a very beautiful philosophical story of say discovering a waterfall and, Mm. and people going we need to understand this is that this place is power. We need to understand our relationship to it. We need to understand what it means. And it's somebody else going, I can use that to make money right now. <laughs> Damn it. Build the dam. Damn that waterfall and river. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a, a big picture reaction to it and a, a selfish reaction to mm-hmm. it. And I think mm. that would be the kind of conflict that to me would be why somebody would feel the need to say, I, I, I etched some things into some tablets <laughs> and here's what we're not going to do. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's big and set the center of it all. And uh, yeah, there's a lot there. Jed, uh, more thoughts on, on the approach there. I'm envisioning Helen Mirren. Get her on the phone. <laughs> Remember we talked about that. I can see it now. I can see it now. All uh, up. We were going to have well, you be old Ray, but now you're going to be prime Jedi. Prime Jedi. Oh Imagine gosh. hiring Helen Mirren and then just putting a, uh, just a giant paper mache mask on her head to make her look like prime Jedi. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, great gosh. stuff. Mangold spoke about wanting to go quote backwards in the saga, opposed to being burdened by star Wars lawyer, Lord telling the story. I, 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 I'm a fan of of, of Big Jim Mangold. He seems he he's James Mangold, but everyone calls him Jim. Uh, so I, I love that Jim Mangold. There. Um, I'm a fan of his work Be, beyond uh, uh, anything I've seen recently. I, I forget how much I love Three Ten to Yuma, the remake, which was him. Girl interrupted all those films. It's been a fun journey to rediscover his uh, resume, as I forgot a lot of the films that I've loved that were his. Um, but I almost would uh, I would disagree a little bit. Of of there's this, uh, you know, I don't think you. you it's the lore is going forward is not as heavy as you think as a creator. I think it's there. I think you can tell your own story. There's a lot of room. That's why we have some of these debates. You want Cad Bane's hat a little smaller? You could do it. The lore will tell you it's bigger, but no, it's smaller. Um, I think he'd have more freedom than you think, but who am I to argue with him? He is a talented, uh, skilled professional. He wants to go backwards, Jen, and you had some thoughts. I want to dive in more. I agree with you. I think... Mm -hmm. This is the biggest amount of pressure you could take on as a creator in Star Wars. The beginning, the start yeah, yeah. of this, the force, you're going to you're going to analyze the hows and the whys and the what's of the force. I give me all the lore in episode 10. I'd rather write that than go back to the beginning, whether it's Octo, Prime Jedi, uh Tython anywhere. Um this is this is a heavy burden I think for me. I'm glad Jim Mangold has taken it on Jen, but your thoughts more on this there. I would find it overwhelming. I thrive on like frameworks. I mean, give me Rogue One, give me Andor, right? Like I, mm. <laughs> the, those creators had no problem working within that that timeline, which is very tight. Uh, this to me sounds like a daunting task. And I think, you know, I mean, the flip side is at the same time, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're, we're picking, people are picking apart Soka's arms being crossed and Hera's eyes because we've lived with these characters for so long. 
but nobody really mm. has anything to compare this to or any source material. Uh, so I, I think that maybe fans might be a little bit more open to it. Um, that's the only thing that I can think of, but he sounds very passionate. He sounds like he really has a, a great idea, uh, that he went and talked to Kathleen Kennedy about. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but personally, yeah, I think this is way scarier of a prospect. <laughs> yeah. There seems to be a passion to tell the story and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the biggest question of all. And I agree. Yeah. Th- we don't have anything to compare it to. Other than I think our own desires to to mm-hmm. know more of George's thoughts, I absolutely I I while you were you were saying that earlier, I was like, man, I got to scour like the Star Wars archives books. Maybe there's some quotes in there about that. I, I absolutely, uh, you know, we know he has some opinions of of all that stuff, and and um, you know, thinking of what his episode seven would would have been, it would have been something a little different uh, because of this kind of things of him kind of digging deeper into the. Uh, origins of the force and, and what to do with it there. So a lot of pressure and that might be the only thing we have to compare to it, our own expectations of how the force <laughs> began and how the Jedi began. So Joseph, it's big. Uh, you're a writer, you're a creator. Uh, <laughs> which side do you want to go? Do you want to go to episode 10 or you want to build it all from the beginning? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited. We're going both directions. Um, I really agree with, with Jennifer. I, I, think that this there is actually a a lot um to be aware of uh when when dealing with this stuff because it's it it isn't the the kind of where when details of whoops you can't have Greedo in this because he died and you're in the wrong part of the timeline it's more the heart of the ideas um so for me i think i think sometimes we can get in these discussions of like what's the better way to be as a creator? What's the better story? Is it a better story if it's totally disconnected or is it a better story if it's all interconnected? And, and to me, it's, it's just not a binary. Different stories are, are different. Yeah. Different creators are different. Um, Filoni and Favreau seem to embrace canon details as a gift of, well, who is around and who mm-hmm. might answer this call? Or mm-hmm. if you wanted the best bounty hunter and you need one that means something when they're facing the other bounty hunter, who's around it's it, you know it's it's this uh they have all these gifts um obviously sometimes they they tweak the gifts <laughs> uh, a little as needed but they seem to embrace it as that's fun we love telling a story where there are already a, a bunch of characters on the map and that's yeah. fine and i also think it's fine for james Mangold to be like that kind of storytelling's not for me i don't i don't consider it a gift i feel boxed in by it neither yeah. is wrong they're different so i yeah. i feel passionate about that but then getting back to, okay, well, if you don't want to feel boxed in, is it, is the uh, origin of the force more or less boxed in? Mm-hmm. This this broke me, and I finally uh, Googled for myself to refresh the actual definition between canon and lore. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not... Um, I'm not uh, busting big, big Jim's <laughs> chops <laughs> on using the term uh, uh, lore yeah, because yeah. he's talking off the cuff at a premiere of a different film. Yeah. Um, so I am not being pedantic about his word choice, but I think we as fans could be mindful of it. Mm-hmm. The actual uh, dictionary definition of canon that relates to all of our Star Wars talk is a collection or list of sacred books accepted is genuine. Mm-hmm. So w- what we're literally talking about, what is canonical is what what is in the library of this this happened. Leia, Princess of Alderaan is currently canonical. Uh, the courtship of Princess Leia is not canonical um so canon in in general is much more about plot who Mm. is where doing what when uh lore 
is defined this way, a body of traditions and knowledge on a subject or held by a particular group typically passed from person to person by word of mouth. Hmm. So canon might be Cad Bane was alive then, and we know that from this resource, which is canonical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lore is, this is what the force means. Mm. it's the idea it's the heart it's the soul and and i feel like what what james mangold is is talking about and again i'm not being pedantic toward him Mm -hmm. uh is he's talking about canon he doesn't want to worry about like see you can't have that ship in the background because that hyperdrive wasn't actually invented yet kind of like um he he, he's talking about canon uh not wanting to worry about that stuff Uh, lore is actually what he does have to worry about yeah. <laughs> the, yes. the, the, the meaning passed down from person to person by word of mouth or on a note from George Lucas to James Mangold <laughs> at a premiere of a different film. It, it is the lore that it makes this really, really powerful because the canon details of what's the name of the person who first named it the Force, where, what planet did they live on, unless you're getting into Octo, yeah, that doesn't matter. What mm. matters is the lore of what does the force mean and who do do the choices in this story that are represented as positive and hopeful match what Lucas wanted to convey about the force of why it exists and what kind of lessons it can teach us. That stuff is, is I think Jennifer, what you were so wisely zeroing in on immediately is (laughs) it's the heart. It's the soul. It's, the meaning that's yeah. what you have to deal with great you don't have to worry about dash rendar isn't canon right now <laughs> exactly but you do have to worry about what the force means to george lucas yeah way scarier to die don't i don't want to go up against that i do not want those <laughs> expectations yeah no i i love that i i love that breakdown joseph because i think it's valuable and yeah it, it's not about what uh mangold said uh and probably will continue to say he's he's, he's got a lot a lot of things on his body <laughs> yeah, the difference of the word is not to keto but i i think it is different to the fandom how many times have we heard ah it needs to connect to the lore lore there's lore heads out there that that I, again i love it but i i i do think it's a little bit more when when i hear that it needs to connect to the lore i think it is kind of uh, you know canon plus you know like disney mm. plus canon plus where it is uh, a little bit more than just simply the names and where they fall in the timeline for some of these fans but um to me it comes down to the you know uh, it it shouldn't be holdo it should be akbar which by the way that has that has a lot of other connotations mm-hmm. um but not everyone maybe means it in, in some of those bigger ways, but, but I think that's what their view of lore is. Like we already have Akbar. You don't need someone new. You got him, you got him and, and, and not exploring new characters where the why of it all, why I think we show up here weekly to, to talk star Wars, the big picture stuff, the, the peace and purpose lessons, all those things that you're talking about uh, at top of the show, Joseph, that affect your own life. That's why we're here. And I think that is to me, you're right. That's kind of the lore. Um, and you could, you can do that. I don't want to say wrong, but 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 look at the necessary rage angle that that emerged from the Trevorrow script and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you could have some takes on it that don't line up with the lore of the Force, and that is a that's dangerous ground. I think he's up for it, and he's obviously, you know, probably got some ideas he's passionate about, and and he will, he will have those conversations. Uh, he will sit down and say, "All right, here's what I got. What does that mean?" And and it's not that uh, the story group's going to circle him and be like, "No, no, 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 no." It's it's going to be. Um, 
you know, Kathleen Kennedy and a bunch of those folks saying, hey, here, here's what it uh, should mean, could mean. And, and here's the, the, the bumpers on your bowling alley uh, uh, lane to play with, um, if that makes any sense. But yeah, um, so I appreciate the breakdown between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some ways, I'm more excited for it, talking about it more and thinking about it more, because I think I had the, the same reaction to that. Well, that, that's actually the most daunting <laughs> of any yeah. of the films uh, that, that were announced to me. But in you, there are lots of interviews with Lucas where he really shares what he means and where the Force came from. And the whole mm-hmm. power of myth books and specials. There's all those great, you know, behind-the-scenes clips of him talking to the the Clone Wars writer's room, really mm-hmm. laying out oh, mm-hmm. what he means. And I think if you take, like, just a giant step back, people can interpret the Force lots of different ways. I think uh, I think people who really have uh, real-world religion is an active part of their life. They They can look at it through that frame uh for me i always look at it in a very spiritual frame of it it's it's a reminder that there is something more that you know we are we are more than the sum of our parts Mm. and that we are all connected and it's this spiritual beautiful truth uh and i think if you just start from that point and then you say now now we have flawed characters wrestling with that Mm mm-hmm as long as it's clear that the that the film isn't advocating, actually the dark side is right. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of room to have flawed characters have different takes on it. As long as the film itself is ultimately clear about kind of the the beauty of mm. of the force, um, and I'm I'm really interested also about it not necessarily being a walk up to the Jedi or even lightsabers. I'd like to see lightsabers. But it also gives itself lots of rooms of this is a really early idea of how to handle the force. And actually, the Jedi themselves formed 100 years after this. It yeah. also gives it even more elbow room. Hmm. Mm-hmm. When those beards get long. Maybe that's how, how this <laughs> That's when Helen Mirren starts the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe it's because I've been knee deep and looking at the at the archives, but I just am visually thinking about George Lucas's handwritten notes, scripts treatments of from the beginning and they are complicated he has so many ideas obviously some which we now know some which they're still pulling from uh but i just i know that i'm gonna have to go into this movie as as it you know continues to go through uh, product the production process development phase i'm gonna have to have an open heart and mind because Mm. it's gonna be a different interpretation and i'm sure it will still have that essence of george's ideas but it is going to be something new. And the wonderful thing about Lucasfilm is that they do have so many people there that are continuing George's legacy and are now creating a new legacy for these stories. And so I'm, I'm open to it, but boy, (laughs) I got, I got to let, let things go, let (laughs) let the past go, but yeah, we're not going to go down that road. No, (laughs) um, we'll go down that road. Yeah. Yeah, honest as always, uh, Jed. That that that, that yeah. That's something we carry into it, and I, I'm 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 with you. I mean, this is, I'm definitely excited for it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I might have my arms folded like Ahsoka at the beginning, just like, <laughs> all right, what you got? What do you got? For <laughs> yes, uh, this this is good practice. Years out from when this film comes out in 2037, <laughs> oh, oh my we'll have gosh. had lots of time to process. Uh, exactly. I think, very honest, Jen, and I think very, very well said. It, it, we can we can learn a lot about how to watch Star Wars from watching Star Wars. That's right. Yes, indeed. And my final note, you just kind of stumbled on it there, Joseph. Uh, uh, the release of this. Yes, we have this new revised schedule, which I, I, I'm convinced will 
change again because this has a lot to do with the current state of the industry not that they're mm-hmm. reshuffling their star wars releases because they want to um it, it is very much about the state of the industry of course but um yeah just hearing him jen you said earlier like he's got the dylan biopic he's putting together now they've even begun making that obviously can't write anything on it right now there's mm-hmm. a talk of another film between that you know this uh i'm i'm i'm, I'm not putting uh a curse on this project, uh, but it just has that like, cool, we're, we are, we're doing this. We're going to get to it when we get to it. Right. That's what I feel. I think, mm-hmm. I think those release dates that are out there do um, have something to do with this film, but uh, there's a reason there's not a title attached to them yet. It's untitled Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I won't be, I won't be surprised if, if it even changes directors by the end of it you know i i think it's a great idea and i think at some point they're going to tackle it but who knows if if jim mangold will be uh attached or maybe he will be in some like producing fashion i don't know we'll see we'll see there you go all right that's our look at star wars news biblical epics folded arms oh we touched on <laughs> all of it here uh, we're gonna get on out of here today we're on twitter uh, at four center pod we're on instagram and youtube as well subscribe over there if you want and are willing facebook pages four center podcast we're available on a lot of spots including iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, and google podcast merch available uh, currently at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can also support at patreon.com slash force center and check out our merch levels there. Get some exclusive merch to the Patreon page. Uh, follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, cadnapsock.com for more updates coming soon on stand up shows. And, you know, maybe when you can one day watch some short films or something. That <laughs> uh, Jennifer, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram where I'll be posting photos of myself crossing my arms, which is a pose I normally reserve for my business headshots. But you know what? I'm calling the Ahsoka pose now. Uh, That's right. That's right. Uh, Instagram, YouTube at Jennifer Landa and TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. There you go. Follow that. And uh, Joseph, yes, where can they find and follow you? And, uh, you know, uh, one day where are they going to watch things? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. At Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle on Blue Sky. If you got an invite, uh, come join us over there. It's it's like if Twitter was in a very small room with not as many people. Yeah. Uh, so uh, come come check that out. Uh, still on Twitter, Instagram, hopefully getting back to TikTok and, and doing a couple of uh, not unboxing videos. I have some action figures staring at me longingly, mm-hmm. wanting that attention. So hopefully that will come soon. Uh, I'm, I'll have some more announcements about uh, short films, about the one I made uh, earlier this year with Phil Amar. Uh, some news coming about that. And I hope to be able to share news about the one that Ken in his muscles did a very good job in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now my head will just be buried in my computer editing away for a little while and, and that's <laughs> that's where i am love it love it godspeed to you uh, that's where my brain would start to explode <laughs> like belog and raiders of the lost <laughs> there we go all right my friends that is it we'll see you next time here on force Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 